This is the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast, and I'm your host, Cindy. I gladly welcome you to this comfy, cozy space for introverts, highly sensitive people, and solopreneurs who help and heal. This is a place for practical, nature-based, magical support for your business and life. Gather around the hearth, get comfortable, and settle in. I'm glad you're here. Hello there, and welcome back to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast. I'm your host, Cindy. Here in episode 85, I continue my conversation with Ariana Smith of The Copy Cove about what tarot can teach you about copywriting. We begin our conversation in episode 84 about how to develop a cozy, introvert-friendly writing routine for your business. So if you haven't yet listened, go back and check it out before you dig into this episode. Now on to our conversation. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast. I'm here again with Ariana Smith. So we talked last week about how to develop a cozy, introvert-friendly writing routine for your business. So if you haven't listened to that, go back and check it out. Um, And today we're going to be talking about what tarot can teach you about copywriting. So welcome back, Ariana. Thank you. Thank you. It was so nice to meet with you last week and talk about that. And I'm really excited to dive into today's topic. Yeah. Why don't you do a brief little snippet about who you are and then we'll dive right in. Yeah. Um, So my name is Ariana Smith. I am a therapist in private practice out of Denver. And I also am a copywriter and copy coach for therapists and coaches helping helpers craft magnetic messages and write copy that sounds like them and draws in their dream clients. Awesome. Perfect. Yeah. So whenever, yeah, you had mentioned tarot and we were going to talk about that because there's so much that it can be used for so much that Mm -hmm. it can unlock. And so I'm excited to see how this helps with copywriting. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Um, And I don't know anyone else who is kind of correlating like tarot with like copywriting and also like the customer journey. So this is still something that I've been percolating in my head, but I've thought a lot about and couldn't help but see the parallels between as I was diving deeper into studying tarot. And I was like, shoot, this is a lot like what I'm doing in copywriting. There's like a lot of parallels here. So there's a couple of themes that I want to unpack there. Okay. Well, let's hear about them. Well, and I think, um, would you say most of your listeners know what tarot is? Are um, they pretty? I mean, I have started this last year throughout, or maybe even earlier. I don't know. I can't remember when I started it, but pulling a tarot card at the end of the episode. So if they've oh. listened for a while, they at least know that, you know, at the end of my solo episodes, I'll pull a tarot card and describe it and talk about the right. meaning. So probably a little bit familiar. Um, there may be some tarot card readers out there, people that are experts right. in it, and some people that right. have no idea. So maybe if you yeah. want to do a little <laughs> a little background on it. Yeah, I'll just give a little context because I think it's going to relate to helping people understand um, what I'm talking about. And maybe we'll, we can draw a card for our episode today, too. Oh, I would um, love at the end. Yeah, we can do that as well. I have like my decks around me to help inspire me. Um, okay, so I am not an expert in tarot. So this episode will definitely not be like tarot 101. But I think what readers need to know is that today I'm mostly going to be talking about the Rider Waite Smith tarot deck, um, which is when people think of tarot, that's often what they think about. But there are actually many other tarot decks and it goes in in different iterations and styles. And there's a long history around this as well. Um, And so I'll be referring to the Rider-Waite-Smith tarot deck. And I think what I like to highlight around that deck is you don't always see the term Smith added to that because Pamela Coleman-Smith also sometimes goes by Pixie. um, She was the woman behind the art and the symbolism and like what made this deck amazing. And as you can imagine, she hasn't really gotten credit. And so there's kind of a shift happening of people wanting to have the deck include her name so that she can get credit for creating, co-creating this, you know, internationally recognized deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the the deck that I use. It's the deck that I learned on. Um, I think I had bought myself one in my early twenties and I 
am just really connected to it and have gotten to understand all the symbolism and the, yeah, yeah, the art on there and the symbolism that is embedded in there is amazing. Yeah. Well, and I love that you read tarot too, because you'll be like, you'll, you might see some of this, but I think um, what folks need to know about the Rider Waite Smith deck is that it's 78 cards and there's 22 cards that are the major arcana. And then the other, I don't know what the math would be, (laughs) are the minor arcana. Um, And my first parallel that I want to talk about is with the major arcana. And so the major arcana is numbered from zero to 21. Um, starting with the fool, which is zero, and then 21, which is the world. And when I was diving deeper into learning and studying um, tarot and specifically the major arcana, you learn that that number is actually uh, the fool's journey. Like the idea behind it is that the fool is the start of this journey and is going through meeting the people that they need in order to go through their journey, having trials and tribulations, like the tower card, <laughs> um, the strength card, and then eventually landing to this place of completion, ending up at the world card. And so I started, so I started to think, I'm like, the way this relates to copywriting and how we can think about copywriting when we're putting words to paper is where is our client at in their journey? Where are they at? Not that your client is a fool, but like, where are they at in their journey? Um, and so I think about the different levels of awareness that our clients and customers can have when they come to us. And if we don't keep that in mind, it can completely miss the mark. Um, and they won't, um, they may not work with us if, if we're not using language that matches where they're at in the journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that because I am definitely aware of the fool's journey, but I love being able to, to see how using that and trying mm-hmm. to connect where your client is um, along yeah. that, because there's so many uh, stages and iterations that um, are gone through from the fool to that yeah. completion of the world. Yeah. Well, and I think like, you know, when we think about the different levels of awareness, there's unaware where they're not even aware that things are a problem. Um, There's problem aware, there's solution aware, and then there's brand or product aware. And so like yesterday when I was preparing for this, I was like, which major arcana would go with each level of awareness, right? And I do think that the fool would correspond with unaware because the fool is the only deck that is um, numbered zero, like everything else is one through 10 or one. And so this fool is embarking off on this journey, completely unaware of what's ahead of them, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and meeting these people that is, you know, that are going to help them. And then the problem awareness is when your client knows that they have this problem, but they don't know how to solve it. And so I think that's kind of the early stages of the fool's journey you know, when they're meeting like the magician and the hierophant and the high priestess of like, you know, the fool hasn't gotten to the hard stuff yet, but it's just like meeting people that are going to help them on the journey. Um, So with your, so with your ideal clients, like we often, if we want to talk to them that are problem aware, if you come at them with the solution, it's not going to land with them. If you say, um, you know, this is your problem and you need to solve this with EMDR therapy or with this type of coaching, it's not going to land with them because they're still in the problem phase. They're still thinking about what their problem is and really wanting to be met where they're at in that stage. Mm -hmm. Oh, I like that. And then I think of solution aware is when your ideal client um, is aware of the problem and they know um, they know what the solution is, but they haven't accessed it yet. Um, so I think that, you know, in the major arcana, these are kind of the, you know, I would say around like the middle numbers, like around 10 or so 10 is like the wheel of fortune where, and then, um, around there. And like in real life, that would be like a client that is like, um, I'm going to use EMDR therapy just because Mm -hmm. that's just so common. Um, but like unaware, uh, and what's a problem? You want to throw out a problem that we can play around with, like around this? Oh, just that a client might have that they're unaware of? I mean, 
Yeah. I mean, we can throw out trauma. That's like an example, right? Yeah. I'll actually, that's a good example because, um, and it goes back to like this client is um, having trauma symptoms, but they're, they're not even aware that it's mm-hmm. trauma. They're not, they're just like, think they're just like oblivious. Right. And so then, but then they find that it's like impacting them in other areas of life. So they like know that their trauma is showing up. They're getting really triggered in their current relationship, but they don't know what's going to solve it. They just know that like, this is happening for them. And then when they get to solution aware, they're like, Oh, like, I know what my problem is. I'm getting really triggered in my romantic relationships because of what happened in the past what I need, I'm going to seek out some EMDR therapy in order to help me with that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then brand or product aware is like knowing exactly who or what's going to help them. Right. So I'm thinking about like, I don't know. I'm thinking about like your business, Cindy, right? Like there's a lot of, there's many coaches out there that might help introverted, um, folks, but they're like, I need Cindy's style mm-hmm. in order to do this right so that's like the bra- the the brand or product to wear okay as well yeah and, and so that, do does the because I know it starts out with the fool and you said I think in the when they start to become aware of the problem that's kind of like the middle numbers of the day yeah. and then yeah, the brand one that would be toward the end part. I mean, I or... think, yeah, I would say that be like the world or judgment. So I mm-hmm. think judgment is 20, um, which that name is misleading, but like the judgment card is all about liberation and like answering your calling. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, I know what the problem is. I, I know how to access the solution. And then I know exactly who's going to help me. And I mm-hmm. think like when I was thinking of the major arcana that might correspond to the solution aware, I think a lot of the moon card. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you. Whenever I get the moon card in a reading, I'm just like, ah, oh, shoot. Okay. <laughs> you know, because you know what it's asking you to do. Like, mm-hmm. you know exactly what it's asking you to do. It's asking you to look deeper, like explore what's happening for you unconsciously, tap into your feelings, embrace um, your what's happening for you intuitively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the moon card. Yeah, I like it. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, there is some deeper <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I would say like, yeah, probably like the middle is a lot of um, of the like problem where right when like the devil card where you're like, I know this is bad for me, but I'm, I'm still feeling stuck in it. The tower card, which is like, shit's about to get real, mm-hmm. <laughs> Things, you know. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people are freaked out by like the devil card or the death card. And I'm like, those aren't actually like, those are actually (laughs) good cards to me. Uh, It's that tower card where it's like, oh, something's, but in the end, I mean, things do get turned upside down, but it's for your highest good. Yeah. So I don't think there's any bad cards in the deck. It's just like, because life isn't always good. You know, it's like, right. Aren't always perfect Think You're going to have ups and downs. So, yeah. and that's what those cards represent. Some of them are sunny and happy cards. Some of them are like, oh, you're going yep. through a tough time, but it is going to be okay. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing mm-hmm. that's like doom and gloom forever. Like you're, uh, <laughs> you're just doomed. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I know the death card gets a bad rap, but I really like it. I yeah. really like that card. Cause it's basically signaling something is going to transform in your life. Like it's really about, and I've seen in other decks, it interpreted as rebirth, as a rebirth card, actually. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Thinking about how, um, how would people use these cards or call on them or be able to use them, you know, to support their copywriting? Well, this kind of segues into maybe like the second, like, so I'd say like the first lesson is around mm-hmm. the fool's journey and understanding the customer's journey, like your mm-hmm. client's journey, where are they at and writing your copy, speaking to that. Otherwise, you know, like if you're writing to the world card and, yeah. you know, so, so that, so keeping in mind, like, and you could even pull out all the major arcana study that and then think about your client and be like, where, like your ideal client and like, where are they at? Have they gotten to the, for example, the moon card where they know that that's what they need. Right. And then like, okay, so how can I speak to that person who's at the moon card? That's like, 
very much struggling with this particular problem you help them with, but also very, very thirsty for a solution, right? Or you could lay it out and be like, um, I think another fun exercise that you can do is you can look at uh, which card are you? Like as a therapist, which card are you in the deck, right? Are you the tower, like, or your service? You're like, are you the tower that's going to like shake some shit up for them, mm-hmm. right? Um, or are you the, um, maybe the higher font that's going to provide like structure um, psychoeducation to them? So I think that's another way that we can use like tarot in that way. But I think um, the other the other kind of lesson that I think tarot can teach us relates more to, I want to talk about the minor arcana cards, Mm -hmm. which I think they, I don't think they get enough credit, but I really love the minor arcana cards. And so for those of you who don't know, the minor arcana is um, broken up into four different suits, pentacles, swords, wands, um, and cups. And those correspond to different elements and different aspects of your life. And so I think that what if you look at for example um i've got a couple well people can't see this now but like for example um the four of cups how do you feel about the four of cups card (laughs) cindy it's kind of like yeah i mean yeah well the cups you know in general are you know kind of water-based so it's emotion Mm -hmm. so there's uh with each one of those there's the um that element to them and the four of cups i know this i use tarot every day what does it look like i'll show it to you there it is oh yeah so i call it the being a brat card (laughs) yeah so describing it it's like there's this guy sitting under a tree and there's three cups sitting in front of him and there's like this little cloud holding a cup just in the air right in front of his face and he just has his arms crossed and Mm -hmm. he's just not even like paying attention so it's almost like something is like hey here here's this and He's just not, not having it. <laughs> yeah. And what do you see happening with the sky? I mean, the sky's blue. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful day. Yeah. So this is, um, this is what I think like tarot can teach us is because all of that was just from a single image, right? All of mm-hmm. that was just looking at, you just told this story from a single image. And so I think what, the tarot can teach us around copywriting is sometimes we get into um, being really vague and not being really specific around what's happening for someone. And so when I'm working with copy coaching clients and they're trying to describe a pain point for a certain client, they say like, oh, they're just really stressed out. And I'm like, okay, what does that mean? You know, they just, they just feel really stressed out, you know? And I'm like, okay, let's get specific, right? And so when we connect this to tarot, what I think of is like, where is it influencing their life the month, the most? Is it the swords? Is it more of like this mental intrusive thoughts that are happening? Is it more the cups, like more of their romantic or intimate relationships, their inner world? Is it more the pentacles? Like, are they like obsessively budgeting, like really worried about their material financial security? Or what was the, did I do wands um, more around like wands correlates to like creativity and passion and career. So I think what the cards can teach us around copywriting is like, how can you maybe lean into the different suits of the tarot and get more specific about what your ideal client is actually facing? And then if you were to draw a picture of it, if you were to do a tarot card, what would the image be? Right? Oh, I like that. So sometimes, and so then um, with example, let's say, you know, I'm, I'm working with a coaching client. They're like, oh, but my, my ideal client is like really stressed. And I'm like, tell me more, like what area of their life were they really stressed? Which I wouldn't say this, but I mean, I could, if they were into this, I could say, which suit are we dealing with here? They're really stressed in their romantic relationship. Okay. What would that look like as an image? Well, they, them and their partner like sit on opposite ends of the couch, just playing on their phone all evening and don't acknowledge each other. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's a lot more descriptive around what's happening than like, oh, you're just stressed in your relationship. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. 
yeah, having some of that descriptive imagery and that way people can see themselves in that. They're like, oh, yeah. wait, I do that. I knew that I was stressed, but <laughs> yeah, this is how it's showing up. Yeah. Yeah. It's like one, yeah, my dog's agreeing with you, <laughs> with you as well. Yeah. And I think, um, and I think that also like when, you know, when we're doing copywriting, we're not actually, you know, we do want to use some images on our website, but there's a lot that we can describe about it too. So it's like, if it were, if your ideal client's pain point was on a tarot card, what would you see? Um, I think the seven of wands is another card that like also tells a story with like a single thing. And I don't have it out. I, you know, when you like look through your deck for a particular <laughs> card and you're like, how did I get through seven, eight cards and not find that one? Yeah. <laughs> but I know that one well, because I call it the haters card. And yeah. it's basically this person holding a wand um, against seven other wands that are like poking at them, you know, mm -hmm. and it's like, so like, they're feeling defensive, they're feeling like they have to defend their ideas, they're feeling overwhelmed. So like, when we think about the imagery of our clients pain point, we can communicate that in our copy and make it more compelling. And I mean, have a more visceral response and they will feel more likely to reach out and work with you. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when you, um, were talking about just the imagery and then I described, you know, what that card looked like, it was just what I saw on there without mm -hmm. even going into the meaning or any interpretation or any of yeah. the, you know, any hidden symbols or anything in there. It is yeah. just like, this is what we see. And I think there's so much, that's why I think. Pamela Coleman Smith was so talented in yeah. how you can just look at this card and you can see so much in it. So I mm -hmm. think that translating that to for people thinking about their clients, like if you were to, uh, you know, paint them on a tarot card, what mm -hmm. would what would it look like? And I think there can be mm -hmm. so much that can be garnered from that. Well, and this also like with tarot and you and I have talked about like, and this relates to, I'll, I'll get to this point in a sec, but like a lot of learning tarot is learning the symbolism is learning the numerology. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when we think about our ideal client and where they're at, we can also use the suits. We can use the minor, the minor arcana in that too, because you'll notice that like, um, you know, usually ones are about beginning new ideas fives are about conflict four and five, you know, four and fives are about five is more about conflict. Um, and then, you know, once you get past five, you're getting at to the completion or end of that struggle. Right. So like the 10 of cups, which is sometimes called the happy family cups or mm -hmm. like the 10 of pentacles, which, you know, is this culmination of like security. And so we can also use the minor arcana to think like, okay, this is where like, maybe right now my client is the four of cups right now, like his, but where do they want to be? Where do they want to get? Do they want to be um, the 10 of pentacles feeling really secure and nourished around the material things that they mm -hmm. need as well? And what does that look like? We can draw inspiration of what that is. Yeah. Yeah. Cause each one of those suits, it's like a little mini journey because yeah. it is starting with that new beginning. And then you're going through some of these trials and then you're yeah. overcoming things. And then you have this sort of completion. And mm -hmm. so, and it's, and I love how it has with each one of those, you've got the cups that are, you know, the more emotional and then the, mm -hmm. um, like the wands that are, you know, like the, uh, you know, more fiery, more passionate, mm -hmm. and then the swords with just this intellectual um, yep. air about them, and then the uh, pentacles, which is just really grounded earth energy. Mm -hmm. And so it's like you have these journeys along all four of these different elements. And so there's mm -hmm. so many cards there that you could really identify what what the clients are going through or maybe where they're mm -hmm. at and where they would like to be. Mm -hmm. And even if your clients are somewhat familiar with tarot, I think this could be a great way of incorporating that maybe getting the minor arcanas out and having them look at it and be like, mm -hmm. which one of these feels like you and yeah. and see what they pick out. And it could yeah. be 
the guy with the wand where you're defending again, where you've mm-hmm. got all these coming at <laughs> yeah. you or, yeah. yeah. So I think that could, that could bring up, I mean, that's a whole different topic, but that could be where clients could self-identify in there. And then you can look at where this suit goes and how it mm-hmm. evolves and how you can get to that completion. Well, and once you get past, I think the fives, like looking at the fives of the different suits are really all fascinating to me because, and could be a way to kind of conceptualize what is your client's like deepest, (laughs) for lack of a better term, like trauma right now in a way, because like the five of pentacles, um, the image of that is like literally being left out in the cold. Mm -hmm. like people that you were supposed to like people or institutions that were supposed to trust you have put you out into the cold. And, um, sometimes I see that as like the, like, um, I had a teacher that was like called that, like the childhood trauma card and stuff, Mm -hmm. or like the trauma card and stuff. And then if you think about the five of cups, um, I always found that card to be so interesting because it has a person, I think it's like two to three cups that two like two cups are still upright and then like three cups are knocked over but the person is so focused on the three cups that have been knocked over they can't see the two that are right in front of them yeah and then the five of swords I think the imagery for that is really really fascinating because the guy has um the person has like um three different swords clutched to their chest and then there's two people that are turned away from them um, you know, that implying, and then two swords on the ground, kind of implying that this person won, but at what cost, mm-hmm. you know, and then, uh, the five of wands is all these people, um, <laughs> like all these people like trying to collaborate, but they like, can't do anything. It's, it's basically five people with five wands and like nothing's happening. And yeah. so I think the fives could be a really cool exercise to see, like, what is the biggest pain point? for your ideal client, you know, is it the five of cups where they're mourning something that has passed a long time ago, or is it the five of wands where they feel like it's utter chaos in their home and they can't, um, and they can't find peace. And the reason that's important to know from a copywriting perspective is that you really want to lead with their greatest pain point. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, what's going to hook them. Yeah. And going back to the, like the emotions of it, like if it's the five of cups, it really is this more emotional piece to it. And then with the five of wands, there's this, um, you know, conflict, passion, anger, like fiery energy uh, Mm -hmm. with that. Ego. Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of different egos, conflicting egos. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I see that in a way. Mm -hmm. I think this kind of relates to um, what you were kind of alluding to earlier. You've been reading tarot. And I think when we first start reading, what we fall into is we like pull out a card and then we like check the book right away. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did yeah. you do that when you oh, like absolutely. First started reading? Yeah, yeah. all the time. And- <laughs> that was the first thing and had multiple books and just to be able to, to become more confident in that. And I still will... I do like to see my initial responses by looking at the card because so yeah. much can be gleaned from that. And then every now and then there'll be a card where I'm like, I'm not getting how this relates to the situation. So I'll pull out my book that has, you yeah. know, like 10 different ways to interpret it. I'm like, oh, this seventh way that I read is exactly my mm-hmm. situation. And the, or this mm-hmm. certain author of this tarot book really hit the nail on the head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it when you can have the books as like training wheels or like confirmation. Um, But I know for me, things shifted with reading tarot more intuitively when I understood when I was just told, just look at the card (laughs) before you go for the book. Right. And then also taught all the symbology, like what the mountains are doing, what the sky is doing, what the water's doing. Cause like Mm -hmm. the water symbolizes emotion. And so like, the six of swords, I'll show it to you in case like, this is one of, I, I love the six of swords a lot. Um, Like the six of swords, the the water is rocky on one side of the boat. In, in that image, for people that don't know it, it's, um, it's an image of 
um, a couple people leaving on a boat. And the implication is that they are leaving um, a bad situation. And you know that because the water closest to you is very rocky and turbulent and dark. And on the other side is very calm and smooth, right? So going back to learning to read tarot more intuitively, I was like, what is the water doing? Um, like, what is what are their looks on their faces? Understanding the numerology, right? Like, okay, if it's like, an ace, what is, you know, what does that mean versus like a 10 as well? Um, and I don't know about you, but that really shifted the way mm-hmm. that I read tarot. And I almost was able to tap into more of an intuitive reading of like, you know, I know that traditionally this is what this card means, but the vibe I'm really getting is this. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. Has that happened for you? Oh, definitely. There was a podcast that I listened to um, uh, several years ago. It's called Root Lock Tarot, and mm. it's with Weston. And um, I think he lives in New York, but it's a podcast that I listened to several years ago, and it was so helpful. Um, and just going through all of the cards and the symbology in them, mm-hmm. um, it was really great. And being able to know, you know, just even looking at the sky, is it cloudy? Yes. Is it stormy? Is it gray? Is yes. it orange or is it yellow? Like a lot of the backgrounds mm-hmm. are yellow and being able to see the colors. And a lot of the characters will have prints on their clothing, like salamanders yep. eating yep. their tails <laughs> or fish, yeah. or there's yeah. lions on some of the, um, like the thrones that people are sitting on yep. and just and butterflies on certain things that you would not have noticed. And one Mm -hmm. of um, the cards that I think it's the queen of pentacles where she has in the ground, you can barely see it, but there's this little rabbit sitting in there and it almost blends in to the background and just being able to be like, Oh, and each of those little things have meaning. And I think once you can get that foundation of just understanding all the different symbology in there. Yeah, there may be these traditional meanings, but you can start to make your own meaning. And I think this goes back to what we were talking about last week in that just kind of knowing the rules and then you can go your own way. So it it can feel really comforting to know and have that foundation of knowing. And then you translate that into your own knowing and it may be something totally different. And that is being able to trust yourself and your intuition a little more. Yes, exactly. That's exactly where I was going with this is and what I was realizing the parallel between learning tarot and learning copywriting um, is that you do have to like, once you understand the why, mm-hmm. once you understand, and we talked about this last time with the four tendencies and I'm a, I'm a questioner. I'm like, why are things how they are? Um, then you can know why, you know, why does this copywriting formula work? Once I know how, why, and how this formula works, well, I'm going to mix it up a bit, Mm -hmm. you know, like I'm going to mix it up. Like once you understand, so like if I were to equate the symbology of tarot and learning that with something in the copywriting world, I'd probably highlight a, a, a couple different things. One of them is kind of like the gold standard formula, PASO. Have you heard of that one before? No, I don't think so. Okay. It stands for, but it's going to feel really intuitive to you because like you have probably, you write and stuff, um, but it stands for problem, agitate, solve, and outcome. Mm -hmm. And so once you understand that like, here's this formula where we start with the pain points, um, we agitate it, we segue into how to solve it, and then the results or outcome that they can get from it, then you don't necessarily need to sit in front of you know, your computer and be like, okay, I need to do two lines of this and two lines of this and two, you know, you can just be like, well, I know that the flow that I need to do, I definitely need to lead with their pain points. And I definitely need to connect back to them and what's in it for them and what their outcomes are. And you can have a little bit more ease and flow when you're writing copy, because you know, the structures. Yeah. And then you can choose how you're going to use them more intuitively. um, And in a way that works for your brain. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I think it's all about being able to call on that intuition and in the way that it works for you. Mm -hmm. Because we're all wired differently. And I think that sometimes when you do have like 
programs and formulas and things to follow, it's written by someone that may be wired differently than you. So Mm -hmm. I think it can be important to just explore all the things and see what resonates and see what maybe someone out there has come up with a great way of doing something that their brain is wired like yours. And you could be like, oh, yes. So this maybe is a formula I can follow. Or if it's someone that's wired totally different, yeah, take that in and look at it and be like, okay, this is how I'm going to switch it around. I'm going to change like 70% of that in a way that it's going to work for me. Yeah. 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 It's kind of like when you're yeah, reading tarot. And you're like, I know that this, like, this is what it traditionally means, like, the clouds traditionally mean, but here's what it means for me. Like, Mm -hmm. this is and often what you're, you're, you're tapping into your intuition, but you're also tapping into the context, Mm -hmm. right, as well. And I think it also, I think there's another, like, fun exercise that we can do around related to this. Um, I think of like, the first six cards. Um, well, and I'm thinking of like, I'm thinking of a couple different cards in the beginning. I'm thinking of the magician, the high priestess, um, the emperor, the empress, the hierophant, the hermit. And I think sometimes it might be cool to look at those and be like, which signifier is me? Like, am I the magician? Like, how, what would it be like? Cause the imagery on the magician, is there a person, uh, that has, Um, there's a lot of symbology in that one. I'm sure you remember there's like a scroll of knowledge and then there's like all different suits there. And then there's an infinity above their head. Um, And so it's like, what would it be like to embody the magician when you're writing, knowing that you have everything you need? Um, What would it be like to embody, you know, the, like the emperor, like the emperor is very strategic, right? Like the emperor is the one that you want on your side to win the war, right? So if you're writing sales emails that do need to be very strategic or a sales page, you're like, okay, well, how can I maybe have a little bit of emperor vibes because there is structure that you want to have to a sales page. Um, But maybe, you know, you're writing um, a more flowy blog post and you're like, okay, well, how can I channel a little bit of this like intuitive moon, high priestess, empress energy, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, maybe the hermit and this relates back to, um, you know, we talked about the writing routine last time, but I'm like, this is an example of like a writing routine of like using tarot of like, pull a card, and maybe you pull the hermit and you're like, okay, I'm going to write by myself today. But if you pull a card and you pull the three of cups, that is all about friendship. So you're like, maybe I need a co working session Mm -hmm. as well. So I think the cards can teach us about like how to write copy, but then also the setting that we need and the minds that we need to write copy too. Yeah. I like bringing in some of that magic where if you're feeling stuck or if you need some support, you can call on the tarot where it's like, okay, I'm stuck in my writing. What, uh, what wisdom do you have to give me right now? And (laughs) you can pull something and look at it and make some meaning of it. And it can maybe get you unstuck. I just did it right now. I just randomly drew into my deck and I drew the six of pentacles. Okay. And so the six of pentacles is, and I'll, and I'll tell you where my brain went with this around writing. Um, The six of pentacles is there's an image of a person with scales implying balance. um, But then the person is also, there's two people down on their knees receiving like money. And so immediately my brain goes to is like, okay, could I write something like about my ideal client feeling like they're overgiving, right? Mm-hmm. Or they're asking for scraps in their relationship, or they feel deficient around the praise that they're getting from their boss, right? So I think that um, that's an example. I just like pulled it out and I'm like, oh, like, what if I wrote about, um, you know, and maybe I let's say I wanted to write an email to my list around like the six of pentacles, I'd be like, well, how are you balancing um, your writing routine with your fun and play. And are they, are they take, you know, cause we got some scales there. Um, and is it feel like that that's a balanced thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's so many things that you can ask the deck. One is like, you know, I've got to send this email out to my list. Yeah. What can I write about? Or yeah. it can be, okay, I'm ready to write. What kind of setting should I set up for myself? Or, you know, and it could, um, or it's like, I'm having a little bit of a block. What should I go do in order to get unstuck? And so there's so many ways that you can ask and get support. 
And I think a lot of it really is just about having a little bit of direction or getting, like I said, getting unstuck or having something to pull you out of that stuckness, like outside of yourself. Because sometimes when you're feeling stuck, you don't feel like you have a way out of it. And it's like, not that we we always have to look for that outside of ourselves. But I think the tarot can be a support in that where it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, what's a little, a little nugget that's going to help me. And I think it just gets us moving or gives us an idea or, you know, it's like, uh, I don't know, injecting something different into our routine. Yes. Well, and I think what you highlight is like, you know, you and I are very connected to the tarot, like, and for someone else, like it may not be that, like, what could it symbolize for them? Mm-hmm. You know, like something else magical or ethereal or whimsy that is going to pull them out and help them get unstuck. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also, there's another thought that just came to me, like, as we were talking about how we learned to read tarot. And one of those things is I would go to classes where we basically would practice I was, I would go to, so what I did this past year is there was like a bunch of introductory classes and I would keep going to the same introductory classes, not because I necessarily, well, one repetition is important, Mm -hmm. but two, I wanted to watch my teacher interpret every single different card. Like I just wanted to watch her interpret. Okay. Like when the star is in a love reading or when the star is in a work reading, like how does she interpret that? And I think that relates to copywriting in the sense of like, you can get inspiration from other people's writing. And so when I think about whose email list I want to be on or social media, I want to follow, I'm following the folks that I usually really admire their writing style. And mm-hmm. it's usually different than mine. Yeah. Um, so then I can get inspiration that way. Or I love, um, I love reading emails. I mean, I'm just the biggest copy nerd, but I'll be like, I'll look at someone's sales email. I'm like, oh, I really like how they did that. Right. And so I think sometimes back to the tarot, it's like so much of it is just seeing how other people interpret it and just the exposure and the repetition. Yeah. Yeah. I think exposure is is important because it just gives us um, a lot of different things to pull from and it just shows us what, what all is possible. And then we can... Yeah. Um, and most of the time we just decide to go our own way, or it may be like, oh, I like about 5% of that thing that was in that other thing. And there's a way that yeah. that really resonated with me and I can make that my own. Yeah. 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 And there's so much, like, I mean, the possibilities are limitless when we're mm-hmm. using these, this, sim- the symbology. Yeah. Yeah. I know that I could talk about this for hours and it's, Yeah. There's, there's so much there, but I love how you're um, connecting that with copywriting. Mm-hmm. And I think it, mm-hmm. um, it can be so supportive by looking at it in all these different ways. And I know there's probably like a hundred other ways that we could yeah. use the tarot <laughs> in, in our business, but yeah. Yeah. Like what you've done with it, with the, with the copywriting. I love it. Well, should we draw a card for today's yes. episode? Okay. I would so love I'm that. actually. I'm actually using, are you familiar with this deck, the Modern Witch Tarot deck? Yes. Yeah. One of my friends has that. It's a beautiful yeah. deck. I I feel like when we're talking about tarot, there's just this part of me that has to acknowledge that it's very steeped in like Anglo-Christian like imagery. And so mm-hmm. once I learned like the traditional stuff, I was like, I'd really like decks that are more diverse. And so the modern witch tarot deck is just all female non-binary characters. And like, there's a lot of decks out there that are um, not so antiquated and mm-hmm. not, not so in that way. But um, so I'm using the modern witch um, tarot deck, which I really love. So we'll draw a card. I'm not going to shuffle as good as I should. Since we're Oh, no, take your time. We want it to be like, yeah, yeah, take it, do your normal thing. I don't know if you have like a little shuffling routine, but I do anytime I draw a card. And it's like, I shuffle, yeah, I shuffle a certain way, a certain number of times, and then this other way, a certain number of times. And then that's just the habit that I've gotten into. So it usually... When I draw from a deck, it it'll it'll take me at least a good thirty seconds or so. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let me draw. Okay. We got ooh the seven of swords, and that's here. 
Okay. So how I would interpret this is like, and this has been a theme for both. So the seven of swords sometimes is about um, getting away with something um, like, I know it's like a weird card to draw, (laughs) but here's how I'm going to interpret it. Right. Um, I see it as like, being honest and integrous with yourself and what you need. Like that's how I'm kind of interpreting it is like the theme of what we've been talking about is like, don't try to get away with sounding like someone else being someone else, like what's going to work for you, but instead um, what feels in alignment and integrity with you. That's how I interpret it. How would you? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And that has probably been one of the hardest cards for me to interpret. I don't know what it is because I would get it in readings um, and it just seemed to not fit or not be able, like, I just, I'm like, I don't understand how this like goes in, even though I know the meaning of the card, like all the other ones, I'm like, yeah, this fits or I can make meaning out of this. But that one always stumped me. And so I've just tried to look for different interpretations of it. Mm -hmm. And um, Mm -hmm. I know one of the resources that I love is it's called Fearless Tarot um, Mm. by Elliot Adam. And that I really enjoy that. My main book that I used was, um, I think it's the ultimate guide to tarot or something it's by uh bridget esselmont like the biddy tarot oh biddy and, tarot yeah yeah so i like because it has all the different um like this card and it'll give like in a relationship or in career or in yep. health or in spirituality and then the general yeah. meaning and so that was yeah. a really good book to learn from but there were some where i was like okay i think i want to get an additional book um just to see just a different perspective of interpretation. Mm -hmm. So the fearless tarot, like when I haven't been able to interpret using some of like those traditional meanings when I was learning, I would check that one out. And some of them are similar, but a lot of them have this unique take. And I'm like, yes, that's exactly what this is saying. So that's, that's a resource that I recommend. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I was in the library the other or at a bookstore the other day. I should have got the book, but it was like, I think it was called like, what the fuck is tarot? And I loved the interpretations because they were really snarky, but spot on interpretations. And Mm -hmm. I especially liked the one that was of the court cards. And it basically was like, um, you know, I think like the queen of wands was like the real housewives of something. (laughs) And then like the king of pentacles was like the sugar daddy or something, you know, it was like some of them were pretty inappropriate, but I just thought that was so funny because it's just another lens to -hmm. look at tarot and another interpretation. So yeah, I really, yeah, there's so, there's so much out there. Yeah. I do love that interpretation. Yeah. Looking at that card, it really is like, don't try to be like anyone else. Like put your voice out there, like be Mm -hmm. authentic to you. You don't have to like, um, you know, be, be clever about anything. It just be like, you are enough. Yeah. I also think that it's like, um, another way to look at it is we're kind of talking about like a non-traditional topic in a way, you know, we're Mm -hmm. kind of like getting away Uh with talking about, we're like, well, it's kind of the concept of like business, but really (laughs) it's this like magical tool that we use too. Um, so I really like that as well. See, this yeah, is kind like of sneaking about... in the tarot, like yeah. <laughs> or sneaking in tarot into copywriting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd be curious if any listeners they could maybe they can like message you and be like, "Here's what I think the you know." And any of the cards we're talking about, that'd be really mm-hmm. fun to hear. You know, how would you interpret this card? Or anything oh yeah, like that? yeah, I would love that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Any final thoughts for today's episode? No, no, I got to talk about tarot. Like, I'm so grateful. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on and just sharing this new way of looking at copywriting and how to incorporate the tarot in it. I think it's um, going to help a lot of people, especially those familiar with the tarot. And even if you're not, like, you don't really have to know what the cards mean. Like you can pick Mm -hmm. a deck that you're drawn to that's really pretty or that you feel called to and just pull a card and look at it and see what pops into your head. Mm -hmm. And that's all you have to do. And over time, you're going to learn what those cards mean to you. So yeah, you don't have to have any special skill 
or anything, um, but no. just using, Hey, let me draw, you know, draw a card, look at it. What popped into my head? Like, what do mm-hmm. I think? And it's almost like unlocking some of your unconscious. I think that's going to help and support you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important to highlight with tarot is like you get to use it in a way that aligns with your beliefs. And for mm-hmm. some people, it might not be around magic and div- divination. It mm-hmm. might just be what's going on in my subconscious right now, right? Yeah. Like it doesn't, you know, and for some people, it could be a way of like, here's how I am getting messages. So it's like, it doesn't have to be this, this right way to do it. Maybe that goes back mm-hmm. to like the seven of swords of like, you can use the deck in whatever way works for you. It doesn't have to be a certain way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Well, let people know how they can find out more about you and if they want to work with you. Yeah. Um, so in the show notes, you'll have my website and also I've got some free resources. I have a free Vanish Bad Copy Masterclass that folks can download. Tarot isn't included in that one, but in my program, Courageous Copywriting, that's a way to work with me in a group setting. And I have been known to draw a card um, at during the coaching calls. And at this last round, I drew a card for each of the members and sent them a special message around here's what this card I feel like means for you. And here's what I wish for you on the next steps of your journey. So mm-hmm. we definitely incorporate that into my program, Courageous Copywriting. Oh, love that. Yeah, I definitely uh, incorporate tarot into my programs mm-hmm. as well. So it's just... It really is good at unlocking things and getting into the um, the unconscious and mm-hmm. yeah, and getting you unstuck and giving you support mm-hmm. and guidance. So yeah, another yeah. perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much, and Thank I uh, yeah, I'm so grateful that you were here to talk about this fun topic. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining me today. For episode 86, I'll be speaking to the heartful souls who stay gold despite the slimy, inauthentic marketing that is so pervasive today and invades our sacred spaces. I'm truly grateful that you choose to join me here for practical, nature-based, magical support for your business and life. For more inspiration and to see what I'm up to, join me over on Instagram at Mountain Practice Journeys. If you're enjoying yourself here, please head over to Apple Podcast and hit those five stars and I'll be over the moon. If you'd like to work with me, join me in Forest Mind, my cozy, supportive, small group mastermind for introverted, highly sensitive solopreneurs who help and heal. And I'd love to see you at a tiny retreat sometime. May the forest be with you.